that is a basic human feeling. Fresh air, running through the forest. Our ancestors were doing that every day on the savannas of Africa. Well, that was, you know, that was, or in the forests or where they were. That's, you know, if you go back in human history, it's in all of us. And, you know, we're not being chased by things like we used to be in the forest or chasing things and trying to kill them as we probably once were. But it's, it's a basic human feeling and it's a very simple, beautiful sport. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of season two of the podcast. In this episode, I chat with Robert Self. Robert has been in Japan for over four decades and he is the founder of Tokyo Trail Running. In this episode, we get to know Robert and we also get to know a bit of the history behind trail running in Japan. I hope you all enjoy my chat with Robert. Thanks for coming on to the podcast, My pleasure. Robert. So I, I, I actually ran in Hano twice. Right. I ran in August and I ran like this past weekend, actually. And I'm like, I think I want to live near the mountain. <laughs> That's a good place to live. I mean, uh, you know, lots of bugs this season. So you were probably um, getting through a lot of the little critters in the forest. Um, but, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. There's, there's a place where there's some sort of shrine. Uh-huh. And there's statues of like a woman, some sort of woman-like statue, and there were lots of bugs. Yes, there's so bugs everywhere to... this season. It's uh, September is the worst. Um, really? Yeah. So how how were the southern southern, the southern Alps, Alps, Alps? Right? Yeah, it was. You know, um, I've been going to the South Alps for you know 25 years, so 30 years, I guess. But, um, you know, really, it's the longest range in Japan where there's no road. It's the longest roadless area on this, this island. Mm. And um, the, the south part of the, the South Alps is very remote. And you, the only way to do it is in a multi-day adventure. The north part of the South Alps, I've been going, you know, I've been, I go there once or twice a year. Mm. The south part, I've been sort of saving um, for all of this time because I, I wanted to do like a multi-day adventure and I got lucky. Um, one, a couple other friends had the same idea in mind. So we did it in about a five day adventure, which was, was great fun and not easy because, you know, it's, you have to carry a lot more gear. That's a little harder for trail running because you've got to carry a lot of food and mm-hmm. a you know, stove and everything like that. It's not, you know, fast and light um, as you would like, but it was, it was, it was fantastic fun great friends um you know it, it couldn't have been a better experience wow so how far did you guys go and how many days were you out for we um it was only four main days of running uh the mm-hmm. last day basically got rained out but it was okay we covered um what we wanted to cover it was about 90 kilometers and about 8,800 meters of vertical wow. and uh yeah it's just um not a place you're going to make a lot of time, uh, you know, on, you know, good, um, good course. And, um, you know, we had some poor weather for the first two or three days, lots of rain and clouds. um, So we couldn't really see much scenery for the first two days, but uh, things opened up, especially on the final day. Okay. Japan is so amazing. Uh, Such amazing mountains. Um, Okay. So obviously we want to get to know who Robert is. So who is Robert and how did you start running, actually? <laughs> um, it's it's kind of a weird one because um, I've been sort of an athlete and sort of an outdoor guy 
uh, since basically um, when I was born. I grew up in a town, a mountain town in Northern California with 850 people. Um, we grew up, you know, we would go shoeless in, uh, in the summer and uh, hike, run, camp, swim, especially swim because we have a, we have a big lake. Um, I was just yeah. always drawn to the outdoors. And when I grew up, I wanted, when I was uh, growing up, I wanted to be a um, um, national park ranger. That was my, my dream in life, be a national park ranger. So I've always been outdoors. I've always ran, um, but really in an organized way. I I was a basketball player was my main sport. So okay. I'm, I'm I'm kind of unusual. You've met me before. I'm kind mm -hmm. of unusual for a trail runner where I'm quite tall and probably built more like a a rugby sevens player than your your normal <laughs> um your normal yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know kind of thin trail runner. Um, so I was playing basketball one day after I came to Japan, and I was I guess about 24 years old. And uh, I had organized a basketball league and it was at the time, it was very rare in Japan for people, you know, to have a basketball league and foreign people. This was like 1988 or something like that. And the, the local government and some reporters came and they were very, very interested in what I was doing, organizing a basketball league, this foreign person. And this, this government guy said, hey, you look pretty fast in that, you know, it's cocky running up and down the court. Mm -hmm. and, and he said, why don't you why don't you join our city's Aikiden team? Mm. And I had no idea what is Aikiden. I had never heard of this. And, and for those people who don't know, Aikiden is the, probably the most popular running sport in Japan, which is a kind of um, long distance relay. Uh, think of it as, a, as you know, um, a speed relay race, you know, with a team. And it's, it's yes. very, very big here um, in Japan. I think it's um, the most popular TV event of the year is the New Year's Aikiden. So I had no idea what I was getting into. And I thought, you know, this was just going to be some fun running. And Japanese um, Aikiden is like, I, I had done army training. This was harder than army training. You, you know, they're, they yell at you and, uh, you know, you're, you're out there, um, you know, uh, trying to win. You know, it's yeah. very competitive. I wasn't great in the beginning, but little by little, I became very good. My team was was quite strong, and we won uh, local championships. Um, I, I began to get better, and I won what's called the Kukan Show, which is the best runner in your segment. Wow. And, you know, we were competing against, um, you know, really uh, famous teams and, and from universities and companies. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's a tough sport, so even when I won – for the first time, uh, the coach just said to me, Robert, you can run faster than that. <laughs> there was no congratulations. J Japanese coaching is tough. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I see it at school. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's getting better. I see I see they're actually a little bit nice to children these days. But yeah. before, yeah, they would just yell at everybody. And uh, yeah, you know, it was it was tough. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so that's how you started, and then that's how I started organized running. Yes, yes. So progressing from there to obviously now uh, Tokyo trail running, how did that happen? Well, it was a funny one because um, the sport of trail running didn't exist, um, basically, or it didn't even have a name in Japan. And um, you know, ultra marathons kind of existed um, in Japan. You know, when you when you go back like to the nineties. Mm -hmm. And um, I began um, running 
ultra marathons, um, road ultra marathons, which was a real slog. But at the same time, I was I was mountain climbing. I mountain climbed in my my whole life, and I was guiding people in the mountains as well. As, you know, as a climber, never thought to actually combine those two, like yes. where, you know, of actually running and climbing and mm. in the mountains, and just. I guess it was about 22 years ago, um, this lady friend of mine, uh, a crazy Australian lady, she said, uh, why don't we enter the Mount Fuji Tozan Marathon? And I said, what is that? And she said, oh, it, it's this marathon, half marathon that goes to the top of Mount Fuji. And I was like, yeah, okay. I was, you know, I climbed Mount Fuji many times and I didn't really think anything of it. In those days, you would apply by fax or whatever. You know, it was pay by bank deposit. And I didn't really think about it until I, I realized what I had gotten into. This is um, one of the most competitive races in Japan with um, where you actually are running from the city hall uh, in a place called Fuji Yoshida to the top of Mount Fuji, 21 kilometers with um, something like, I, I forget what the vertical gain is, but I think it's like 3000 meters vertical gain to the top and from the start. And, and you have a four and a half hour cutoff. Wow. Where even top runners, there's, there, at that time, there was only about a 40% completion rate under that cutoff. So um, I started to realize, oh my God, you know, I've, I've really got this, I've got to train for this. And so I started running in the mountains and just from moment one, um, I was in love, and uh, and you know, I, I thought, why, why does this? Why does this sport not even have a name in Japan? Yes. And at the time, so I became sort of a, an apostle of the sport. You could you could call it at the mm -hmm. time of, of promoting the sport in Japan of trail running. I began guiding people, um, and I at this time there was a very small running team that. Um, I and Colin Yarker formed that was called the Genki Gaijin, strange name, but, um, and we were winning races, you know, and Colin, it was a, you know, very competitive trail runner. He won many more races than I did. And, and, but it was, it was competitive. It was so competitive that, you know, people would want to join us. We would say no. And, uh, you know, even people who did join us, we've, you know, he, he's a tough Yorkshireman. He fired people after one race, he fired <laughs> runners. So yeah. it, it occurred to me like around 16, 17 years ago that uh, there needed to be, you know, a friendly organization for trail runners in, in Japan. So I created Tokyo Trail Running Club to kind of, you know, have, you know, now it's all levels. Now it's, you know, top trail runners, but it's also beginners or, or anybody who just wants to have fun. Tokyo Trail Running was, was created as an offshoot of that more competitive team just to basically promote the sport. Wow, okay. Obviously, as someone who's just recently come to Japan, I am grateful <laughs> that there was a community that I could join. And I didn't feel like, you know, as a runner, like sort of not really my family, but these are my people that I can yes. relate to oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. that's my passion. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm grateful for that, absolutely. So, I've got a couple of other questions. Sure. Um, so, Robert, I think it must take like a lot of courage and just gumption to come to this foreign land. This place is so foreign. <laughs> how did you decide, like, how did you decide to settle? And you seem to have settled in quite well and, and made like a very nice life. Um, so 
yeah, how, how exactly did you decide to settle and what's your experience here? You know, it's funny when you, when you talk to people these days, everybody, you know, why did you come to Japan? And they're yes. like, I love anime or I was, I was studying judo or mm-hmm. there was something, there's always something I was studying some, some esoteric art. Um, I came uh, because I followed the wrong woman, basically, mm-hmm. in 1983, utter accident. I was studying uh, Eastern European history and philosophy and, you know, basically had no connection <laughs> to anything in Japan and basically uh, had a, you know, met a lady in, in, um, in, in university, actually my first day of university, came to um, Japan, didn't like it at all because it was, you know, 1983, I'm a mountain guy, I'm in the middle of Tokyo, I didn't even see the mountains in those days. Uh, I would climb the Sumitomo building just to look at the mountains from the top <laughs> of the building. Yeah, and it, I didn't I didn't even like it in the beginning. It was like, what, what am I here for? I broke up with the woman very quickly. Um, but some things obviously grew on me. Um, in life here and um strangely i you know it was business that kept me here in the beginning i was hired by the bbc and i worked for the bbc for years then um i moved into publishing and i was hired um you know just in in books which i love and basically in you know i became president of companies a, a british company and a german company which was a lot of stress and then um over the years i decided to do my own thing now, um, basically, I'm, I'm uh, one of the directors of a business training company that specializes in things like presentation. And I work, you know, um, maybe two or three days a week and I run the rest of it. Like that's, that's my lifestyle. <laughs> that's a sweet life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, you think back to, okay, what did you want to be when you were a kid? I said I wanted to be, you know, a forest ranger or national park ranger and i kind of did it but in an odd way after after many years i mean obviously looking back at it you could say it was the wrong woman but maybe it was the right woman in the sense that she's led you she led you to come to this place to experience this amazing life absolutely um you know i think that um you know i i ever grateful to japan i mean you know it's given me the space to be who i am and what Mm -hmm. i do the mountains and are, are just superb. I would uh, recommend to anyone who loves trail running to come here and uh, experience the mountains. Um, there's there's no end to it. And what I like to tell people, you know, people say, "Oh, Japan is crowded." No, Japan is not crowded. Um, Tokyo is crowded, and Nagoya or or Osaka is crowded. This country is is eighty percent mountains. If you took a giant iron and you ironed out Japan it would be huge, the amount of space mm. that would, you would iron out of it. Um, so you can be utterly alone in the mountains in Japan. You, you, know, there, you, you can go days without seeing people in, in certain places. So I think the idea you know, that people have of the mountains is being crowded. Well, that's because they go to the most popular mountain like Fuji or Mount Takao, and they never see anything else. But there's 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 endless things to see. After you know almost 40 years in the mountains here, um, I haven't seen a third of it. No, I mean I do, I don't know much about the mountains, but like I was telling you, I went to Hano. Yeah. And I did one trail. I've done it now twice. Okay. Good and work. 
I, I did that summit that we did to the top of um, Mount Tunus, right? Right. So basically three times I've gone up, but this last time I was like, next time I'm going to be adventurous. There's like six parts. I could take one. Where would it lead me to? How long is it going to take me to explore just that one little mountain? So I agree with you. Yeah. You know what though, you, you, Linda, that's a, a learning experience, right? And, um, you know, you always want to have a general idea where you are, but you learn a lot by taking those unmarked trails. And, you know, that's, that's, in, in like especially in an area like the Hano area yeah learn those trails because most people won't see what you will see uh you know yes it's usually stay on the main trails life is like that unconventional like yeah <laughs> okay so now let's go back to Tokyo trail running right sure. what ups and downs have have you had throughout the years with the social side of 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 thing like this whole thing of TTR well, you know, it, it started really small and, you know, it was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, because I'll guide people, they'll pay me a little money and I'll guide them. In the you know, we would, I would run, you know, with groups of guide groups of people, you know, not, not for big money. It was just, you know, pay, you know, a little bit of costs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those days, it was not a popular sport. I mean, and mountains were not popular. When I first arrived in Japan, I would, you know, I ask people, you know, how can I go to the mountains? Like the first thing I ask. And they go, why did you go? Why do you want to go to the mountains? Only old people go to the mountains. Yes. I didn't know what they were. I thought, well, old people? Like, in, you know, in America, Europe, is, um, you know, couples and uh, young people and people in you know, every age out there. But in Japan, in those days, it was it was just where there's there's only, and it was right. There were, there were only old people wearing like German 1950s woolen, you know, <laughs> hiking costumes. It was yeah. the Japanese word is desai, which means deeply unfashionable. I never saw young women. I never saw couples. Um, little by little, I you know, trail running guys started to show up. Right? In, yeah. You know, if you go back like 20 years, okay, now you start to see one or two trail running guys. But you know, it was it was a deeply unfashionable thing to do to go to the mountains. And, you know, what I, so what I like, my high point is this, is I think I had a role in getting, um, in changing the image of the sport to be more where, hey, you can have fun. It's not mm-hmm. about just going out there and suffering. It, couples, um, women, and, and people from all over the world globally can run with, with TTR, run with me in those days. And, you know, even now we, I, you know, with TTR, we've had, trail running weddings we've had trail running marriages from yeah, people yeah. met in ttr and i think for me that's the high point is like um okay i wanted to promote this sport and and here we are we have people meeting on the trails and you know ttr people you know going out you know um together and and you know i'm i don't see you know a third of what what goes on with ttr right now because there's so many different subgroups different guides which is perfect and you know so that's what I'm proud of. I'm proud of the fact that's the high point is, you know, people are out there, uh, they're, they're self-organizing, they're, they're uh, becoming friends, you know, even husband and wife. Out. And for me, that's marvelous. Low points, honestly, I, I almost can't think of any. I mean, it's, as you mentioned um, a few minutes ago, the people are great. I, you don't yeah. meet too many terrible trail runners in Japan. <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> nice for yeah. the most part. So 
I can't, and, and you know, we've never had a major injury. We've, you know, Tito have guidance, you know, I, it's not gone wood. You know, it could happen someday. We And we do stuff which, you know, there there is risk to it. You know, we've dodged lightning and we've, you know, we've been through all of that. Somehow we've never had like a really, really major injury. And certainly, you know, nobody's ever died or anything like that. So um, I can't say there has ever been, uh, you know, I, I always say that, you know, when you're on the trails, that's better than any alternative day you're going to have. So I, I can't think of any low points. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I must say. You guys actually are very good in terms of organizing events. I mean, I only have experience from South Africa, so I will use that as a template in terms of making sure you know everybody's name, double-checking that everyone is there, making sure you have eyes on people at all times. So things like that, just phenomenal. And now this one is, I don't know if you can pick one. What would you say is your most memorable run with TTR? My most me- memorable run is going to be tomorrow because I've had uh-huh. a run tomorrow. Yeah. I, when, I'm, when I'm trail running, I'm utterly in the present. So for me, whatever trail running I'm doing at that moment and, uh, is, is, is my favorite run. Uh, it's like asking a parent, you know, which child do you like best? And uh, um, for me, it's, 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 I, I, I almost can't compare them. Like you mentioned Tonosu, which I, I live next to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go there and I watch the sunset like three or four times a week when I, you know, when I can after, after a seminar or something. And yeah. for me, that's as good as going to the South Alps. Um, because in that moment, I would, I would rather, there's no place I would rather be. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I really like that answer. And, and um, so pivoting a little bit, maybe going on to your own running, what lessons have you learned from running? As, as you've gone through life, obviously being, we, we will call you now a lifetime runner. What top, obviously tons of lessons, sorry, tons of lessons, but which ones maybe top three or something, maybe top four. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, as you know, the, 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 the group, the slogan is don't think run. Uh, so I think that people make this simple sport very difficult by overthinking things, right? Uh, number one is, is get out there and, you know, don't have, you know, whole, you know, it's not a dilemma, get out and, and do it, you know, within, within, you know, the scope of your abilities, but get out, just get out there and do it. Don't overthink it. You don't need the best trail running gear, you know, so yeah. I'm you know, uh, okay. Lesson one, don't think run, just get out there and do it. Lesson two, you know, don't get distracted by the gear and, you know, people are always selling stuff and, you know, everybody wants to make money on this sport. And to be honest, very few people actually do make money, but everybody wants to. Um, my, my feeling is, you know, the commercial side is just buzz. Um, you don't need to, you don't need to care about that stuff. You know, you're, you're, you're okay to, if you're out there in, you know, some old shorts and a tank top, as long as it's not cotton or something. Three, don't get obsessed by everybody says you have to enter this race or that race or, or, you know, and you, you do a 10 K trail round and everybody goes, Oh, you can do a half marathon. Then you do a half marathon. Everybody says you can do a marathon. You do the marathon and everybody says, Oh, you can do an ultra. And it just goes on. Yes. Well, and and the third thing to people is, okay, don't feel that pressure. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you know, there was a time when um, I would enter a trail race every week. And 
but that was for me that was more like a study thing right I, I really wanted to experience everything there was to experience in the sport but for the average person my you know my third thing that I, I would say is don't get pushed into doing something unless you're a really competitive person or if you really want to challenge it go for it do it it can be a great experience but don't let other people push you um, into doing something that you, know, you don't necessarily want to do yeah yeah i i i like these lessons because uh we sort of get swept up by a wave of what's happening and what yeah. everyone else is doing we don't take time to stop and say wait what what is my goal what do i want to achieve exactly exactly and my fourth lesson would be this um is that the mountains are not a track it's not it's not a track and mm. you know you 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 know you don't really need to study the surface of a track right when you're running around a track you you, you don't care how it's manufactured but the the mount the forests are not like that the forest you actually should stop look around understand what you are running through and my my the biggest thing that bothers me i think is that some trail runners um never get in touch with where they are running they they don't know what the plants are they don't know what the trees are they don't know what animals are out there they they don't know you know don't care you know uh, how the mountains were formed and for me that's a bit of a shame um i think that um you know we all should take the time to step you know to to look at the beauty of where we're running don't just look at, i've run with people who um when, every time i stop they they just kind of looked annoyed and they reset their watches. And it's like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. you're not the right guy to be running with me because I like to, to experience everything. And I think I'm famous for jumping in waterfalls and rivers. And, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, you, you've, got to, you've got to touch what you're running through. It's not a trap. I agree with you. I mean, personally, I've run with people and I see things. So, I see animals. I yeah. see giraffes or monkeys and i'm like oh, did you see I'd that, that. I'd love everyone that. nobody else sees it because they're going too fast they're going too fast i've had that in like malaysia where there was monkeys in the trees and these guys were they wouldn't stop <laughs> so i was like no, yeah. let's do the monkeys yeah so um it's interesting and so where would you say is your favorite place to run i'm gonna throw kind of a curveball here. And um, at this point in my life, I barely consider myself American. I haven't lived there since I was like, you know, 19 years old. Yeah. However, um, there is something about the Redwoods, the sequoias of where I'm from in yes. Northern California. And there is something deeply humbling about running through the world's biggest trees. And mm. it's like running through a cathedral, basically. And when I when I do go back to California, um, I always run in, in, in the Redwoods. And I think that it's, it's good for us just to understand the scale of, of nature and, just, and, and how small we are um, in comparison to this. So I think the, the Redwoods um, are always my go-to place just, just for the experience of traveling. Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to look it up because I've, I've never like seen a video of it or anything, but you I- You have, and maybe you didn't know it. So uh, if you look at, um, I think it's Star Wars episode six or something where you yeah. have the Ewoks with going through the forest and you yes, have- Yes, 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 those are, yes. That's near my hometown. <laughs> those giant trees are actually real. It's not a problem. 
So okay, yeah, that's, that's Northern California. Yeah. Okay, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll recognize the trees. Yeah, and in Japan, like if you had to choose a place here. Well, um, I am a, I am addicted to sunrises and sunsets. Yes. And, um, for me, if I'm climbing a very high mountain, I want a place where I can just get a fantastic sunrise or sunset. Um, I guess one of my favorite is Mount Neishi, um, which is not the hardest mountain in the Yatsugatake range, but um, I like the sunrises from there. Also, South South Alps. Um, I really love the Hozon Ridge, which I think I was the only person trail running the Hozon Ridge like back in the back in the day. Now it's popular trail runners, but I, you know, I don't want to run that in one day. I like to stop and you know stay at a mountain hut, have a glass of wine, you know, watch the sunset yeah. in the morning, see it go back up. So um, I would say Hozon also is a is is really a classic run. We you know and. There, there are, you know, places that might be better as a climber, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like in the North Alps, there might be some places that, that are better to climb. Mm-hmm. But for trail running, I would say maybe the Hozon Ridge is, is definitely a classic. Okay. And um, there's this big race that was int- is introduced, has been introduced this year, this 105K okay. trail. <laughs> I'm keen to hear about that. Like, how did it all start? This started because um, I talk to every everybody, and I think that um, I irritate people because um, I talk to any anybody I see that when it looks like if they have something unusual, I talk to them. So I was in um, starting to guide a TTR run um, many years ago, not many years ago, maybe five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and I saw this this old guy kind of counting people at the train station and I asked him what are you doing yeah and I noticed he was wearing a local government hat and he turned out to be the the vice mayor of Hano and he said mm-hmm. well I'm, I'm doing research for trial running and I and he, he's like he was very elderly and not he's still you know a, a friend of mine now but you know and it, he said you know we're we're we have this idea to create a long distance uh, running course mm-hmm. in this area through the mountains of Okamusashi. And, and I go, okay, well, you know, maybe I could advise you on that because I, you know, I know every, all of these mountains here. And he, it turns out that he had graduated from a university in California. So he, he speaks some English and they, he said, okay, well, how can we get this, this concept going? And so I became involved with the local government and planning what it's not, you know, the concept wasn't a race. It's something called a long trail, which means mm-hmm. an official long distance hiking trail. So it's not <sighs> just for trail running, it's hiking or trail running. And it's, you know, it got a little sidetracked by, um, the, you know, the, the lost time with the COVID um, mm-hmm. during those two years. But we had the launch party uh, about four or five months ago. And now, yes, now they're thinking race, but it's um, it would be it's going to be I, I can say here unofficially there will be uh, races on this coming up. Okay. It, we're working on the plans for it now uh, with the local government and the N- NPO, the nonprofit mm. organization. But this is not going to be for the the faint of heart. It's um, I, you know, I've run it and. Um, it's 105 kilometers, as you said, but it's mm-hmm. also 8,300 meters of vertical, lots yeah. of remote uh, areas, and it's marked now. The trail is set. 
the actual race itself, it's planning phase. Mm, okay. So obviously you have this uh, personality that is always willing to try new things. When you meet someone, you get curious, and this has led you to many great and interesting adventures. Um, so how do you manage? Can you speak Japanese fluently? I'm betting you can. I'm, I'm pretty fluent in Japanese, but I'm getting worse because um, <laughs> when I was doing, um, when I was running companies in Japan, uh, you know, I, I had to manage people in Japanese. Yes. But these days, as, a, as basically as a, as a presentation coach for global companies and, and, you know, communications coach for global companies, I rarely use Japan, uh, Japanese right now. So my Japanese really? feel like my kanji is getting worse, um, <laughs> worse and worse. Um, really? But, but it's, you know, I can read stuff. And um, of course, I can, you know, talk to people in Japanese, um, you know, well enough. Uh -huh. so, yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, very comfortable with, with life in Japan. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, as a newbie, if I would have any advice for anyone, it's learn Japanese. It, it, yeah. It'll make your life easier. Yeah, you don't have to be, you know, completely fluent, but, and, you know, it's, but you, you should make the effort. And I think it's a, it's a way to understand the Japanese character um, is also by speaking the language or reading the language a bit, and you, you get a better feel for, um, again, the environment. And, and it has to be said that what is unique, like what is different about, for example, me running in the U.S., mm -hmm. running in Japan. Well, when I'm, you know, California, my hometown is historical or was historically <laughs> burned down five years ago. But, um, you know, the oldest building is maybe 140 years old here in Japan. Um, when you're running through the trails, you have, as you said, you've got, you know, statues, uh, ancient mm -hmm. statues, you've got. Um, all of this this history that's underfoot and most of these trails were not made by engineers they were made by people you know hundreds of years ago hiking from village to village yes. I found um, you know 300 year old coins I have one on my desk right now wow. you know on the ground on the trail right and and from the 17th century so you know because you know that the human beings are part of of trail running here because the, the trails themselves have history that you can you can see. Yes, I, I agree with you that as definitely speaking Japanese helps understand the culture and I think makes the experience a little richer, definitely for sure. It does, yeah. Um, you know, and it, you don't you don't need to be fluent. Um, and you know, even like the the maps in Japan are great for trails and even somebody who's doesn't speak the language or even read the language at all. It doesn't take much time to understand the Chinese characters um, mm. on a map and just say, oh, okay, now I know this character. In fact, if you're a trope, it's a good way to study Japanese. Yes. Is to <laughs> yeah, start looking at maps. And uh, and I know, Linda, you do that. Uh, you know, so I can tell that, <laughs> yeah. that, that you, are, you are looking at maps and, and connecting things. And yes. you're probably yes. learning a few Chinese characters by yes. just from yes. that, right? So, I mean, um, yeah. logically, right? I've thought about this, Robert. I thought about it. And I thought to myself, logically, the Chinese characters is a picture. It's almost like an, a picture that means something, yes. right? So when you look at the picture, depending on how it's used, it means something different. Yeah. Almost technically should be easier than reading an English word. 
<laughs> for for place names, perhaps, right? I mean, you know, if you understand a few kanji like yama, you know, mountain. Yes, 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 you know, yes. You just see it, okay, mountain or peak or waterfall or river, you know, you get the basic kanji like that or Chinese characters like that. And it becomes fun, actually. You know, you're it becomes like part of the puzzle um, of, of it. But you understand the sense of place as well, because the, the, the as you said, the that you know characters are pictures of something for the most part yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, i am finding it fascinating to learn japanese anyway <laughs> so i don't know is there anything else you feel like you'd like to talk about tell us about trail running that you'd want the audience to know um yeah you know i would just say that trail running is is something that we we've done throughout our human history you know it's it's in you and once you do it Today I was running down Mount Fuji, and not really Mount Fuji. There's a couple Mount Fujis in Japan, and this Mount Fuji I was running down today was only 221 meters up. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, so running downhill, and you know, it's such a primal feeling. You're running through a forest, and you know that is that is a basic human feeling: fresh air, running through the forest. Our ancestors were doing that every day on the savannas of Africa. Now that was, you know, that was, or in the forests or where they were, that's, you know, if you go back in human history, it's in all of us. And, you know, we're not being chased by things like we used to be in the forest or we're mm-hmm. not chasing things and trying to kill them as we probably once were. But it's, it's a basic human feeling and it's a very simple, beautiful sport. Yeah. Okay. Love that. And so have you met any completely off uh, on a tangent again have you met any interesting people on the trail now i know for a fact you will meet some interesting japanese gentlemen or something i mean that always happens in the mountains and you're like what <laughs> um i've met nude people like hiking nude I've, what? Um, I've met all kinds of strange people i well and you know, obviously, on, on the darker side of things, I'm at, you know, I do help with rescue in the mountains here as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, the, you know, for missing people and things like that, that, that of course, is a, a slightly grimmer topic. But, you know, you're, you know, if you, I, I suppose it's fair to say that no one, uh, no foreign person has traveled through more kilometers of trail in Japan than I, almost, mm-hmm. it's impossible because I'm out there every day basically for almost yeah 40 years yeah so yeah you know i find strange stuff i i mean it, 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 you you've probably seen some of the stuff <laughs> yes, yes, on yes. the internet that i thought i won't bring it up but i find a lot of strange things um and also i'm probably one of the most um bitten stung or attacked human beings uh i've been yeah. bitten by everything except snakes and yeah. bears uh, basically i've been stung by Japanese Suzume Bachi, the, mm-hmm. the murder hornets, more than a hundred times. Wow. Um, I every insect in this place, leeches and, and blister beetles and everything has bitten me. Um, you know, yeah. at all. But um, but you know, it's 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 all worth it. Okay. So, like, is there any person that you met that you think is worth mentioning, like on the trail? On the trail is one guy I used to run with who um who runs barefoot every year um, from Tokyo to Kyushu, which is like 2,000 kilometers, I guess. Um, he's mainly oh. road, but he does some trail. And 
he's impressive because he's a comedian on Japanese TV. He doesn't have much money. He's not that successful of a comedian. So he he fuels himself by stopping at convenience store stores and buying squirt tubes of mayonnaise and squirting it directly in his mouth. <laughs> um, I have to say that's the most disgusting trail running thing I had ever heard. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I guess it's a budget food for the guy. Wow. Now this if comedy sells better. He'll be able to find better fuel than cheapy mayonnaise. That's so strange. Oh my word. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I must say the convenience are very, very useful. It really is. I mean, that's the good thing. You know, you if you're especially if you're running like ultra marathons, um, in my case, because I did so many ultras on roads before, but you know, you're you're never more than like an hour or so from a convenience yeah. um somewhere or a hambaiki uh, uh, drink. Uh, yes. somewhere that yeah. you never know like yesterday uh two days ago um i did a night run over here uh about 16k night run and you know had the convenient in mind it's on a it's almost on a mountain top and had everything ready except and so i, I ran out of water before i got there and uh but i had only a 10,000 yen bill <laughs> and a yeah. 100 yen coin in my pocket. So realize that that's not going to work at a vending machine. So it's a long, dry run. Uh, <laughs> so you, got, you, you know, even, even though it is convenient, you still have to plan better than I normally do. Yes, no, that's true. That's, that's so true. Um, so let's ask about the fun questions. And is there something else you want to talk about? Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, so uh, book recommendations. Do you have any book recommendations for us? Um, here is where it gets very boring um, because um, I, I really very rarely read um, trailing books because as I said, it's always somebody trying to sell something. And I always feel mm. that uh, you know, somebody's trying to sell you know, barefoot running or, or whatever they're trying to sell. I, I actually, my, my favorite books are, are science. So mm-hmm. I study science or I study biography. When I, I, I do, when I run, um, I usually listen off to biographies in my, mm-hmm. my headphones, like an audible. And I like biographies when I'm running because, um, you know, and these are long, like famous people biographies, like 30, 40 hour biographies uh, that I listen to. And why I do that, you know, I think that biographies are, kind of like a trail run there's a there's definitely a starting point and there are some challenges in the middle mm-hmm. and some nice stories in the middle and then there's only one ending you know? so it always ends hopefully trail running ends better yeah most of the time but i uh, for me biography is like the thing i i listen to when i run um um and th- you know these days i don't you know as somebody who used to work in the publishing industry you know, many many years i don't really read books anymore i mainly um I'm just listening to stuff on my headphones, like Audible or Science or, bi- or Biography. Yeah, we, we don't mind. Um, any any topic is fine. So is there any good ones For me, that you um, would say you've just listened to recently? I think I would bore the hell out of people. if I. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> There's so I'm, many. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I would bore the hell out of people. Um, you know, the other odd thing about me is um, I am, you know, I, I have never owned a television, so I have no idea. Um, okay. I haven't owned a television since I was 19 years old. 
Yeah. So I haven't watched TV for you know something like 40, 40 years. Now I don't watch movies much. Um, I listen to mainly punk music and alternative music. <laughs> so we kind of anti-social stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, when I run, um, I'm, I'm really, the, the only way that anybody can see what I'm doing um, on any media is usually like Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Tokyo trail running site or Japan. I run uh, also Japan trail running um, and, or on my own, you know, Robert Self Facebook page. I'm on Instagram a bit, mm-hmm. but I, I'm really, um, really not somebody who prioritizes like media. Okay. Okay. So we obviously can find you on Facebook and, oh, yeah. but mainly the Tokyo trail running page is oh, yeah. where everything will well, happen. My name. Um, if you, yeah, if you write it in and you're on Facebook or wherever you'll see me. Okay. Hopefully great. wearing clothes, not always. But, uh, <laughs> you guys do jump into those waterfalls. We do. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, you just reminded me, and I have to, I have to talk about this, Robert. What happens with the phones? Like Robert, I mean, I've been in Tokyo for six months, <laughs> in Japan for six months, and I swear, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's. Um, my wife's theory is that um, there's an e poltergeist that hovers around me. Yeah. Everything around me breaks. So I think I've broken four smartphones this year. Yeah, four, I think. Mm-hmm. And I got a new one, but I broke it. Um, uh, you know, and that used to be with cameras. Um, and, you know, it, I'm a disaster zone for electronics. So wow. basically, any ele- electronics around me are, are doomed. Um, I've even had somebody, like I was guiding, hand me their smartphone, and I dropped it in the water, and I broke their phone. And I said... <laughs> So I'm, you know, definitely don't give me any electronics. Um, I've got military grade protection, but yeah, it, it doesn't work. Um, my cameras have gone sliding down glaciers and every, you know, it's, it, it, it's just a, an endless disaster. I think your wife is correct, actually. <laughs> so it just seems cursed and it's not to be, yeah, it's anything around me, computers or whatever, they just get broken. Um, so I, I try to, that's, you know, part of my life is I keep things simple. Because yeah. uh, once it gets more complicated, then, then I, I'm probably going to break it. Wow. Okay. That's so fascinating. But I don't think that's such a bad thing. I mean, technology is good, but sometimes too much of it is a problem. Yeah, I think so. Um, and again, I, I'm just a, a, a person who tries not to get too distracted. I try to, you know, uh, I train, I get up mountains, do my job. And I, I try to keep things extraordinarily simple. I probably have one of the world, you know, people, people think I'm, I'm doing like a thousand things and I'm probably doing like four things my entire life. <laughs> so I think I, I lead an extremely simple life and I, I find that very, um, very good for my brain. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So Robert, thank you very much for being on the podcast. It was interesting talking to you. And I think everyone's going to be keen to hear all about this. Yeah. My pleasure. Linda, it's always good. I mean, you 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 always light up the, the forest when I run with you. And your, your, your just pure enjoyment of what you're doing comes through. And I, I hope it comes. I know it comes through in your podcasts. Keep it up. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it was great talking to you. Thanks, Robert.
Thank you so much for listening. To support the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It means a lot. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Running Voyager for updates. Here's to a week full of great adventures. Cheers.